you've heard that song before, but uh, that song was, maybe I'd heard it before, but I hadn't really considered it or contemplated it. And we were asked to go as, as an evangelist and work with a singing group, uh, the Weaver family, in the South Carolina prison system. And they, and that song uh, was such a sweet platform <clears throat> to preach behind. When you think about the power that's in the blood and the purpose in us as believers and what God has done in our life and what we want to, what we want to see God do in the lives of others and our purpose in that and allowing God to work through us to fulfill that purpose is so precious. And it was such a sweet platform to present the gospel in the South Carolina prison systems. That was really, really powerful. So thank you for the worship time. And Daniel, thank you for the update on Sudan and what God is doing there. Uh, <clears throat> it's a real challenge to my heart. You know, we face a lot of challenges and trials and tribulations. But then when you look at others, you look around at the world of suffering and what goes on in the world, and you realize that uh, everybody is on a journey. That journey looks a lot different from the eyes of the beholder, from the eyes of the one who's walking that journey. And those young men faced a journey that I, I've never faced, and I can't imagine I sat there and tried to imagine in my mind and heart, what would that be like? <clears throat> and then I thought about it, what, what if that was... And then I thought about the heart of God, <clears throat> how to, when he sees that kind of suffering. When he, when he looks out of heaven and realizes that all those <clears throat> were created in the image of God... They were created by God and for God for a plan and a purpose. <clears throat> and then the suffering. And the root of that suffering is sin. Because of selfishness and greed and pride and evilness of men's heart and the destruction of mankind, <clears throat> God has the opportunity to look out from heaven and see his creation suffer <clears throat> because of sin. What must his heart be like? <clears throat> it was a real challenge to me to think about that. I was asked to get uh, and uh, gladly yielded to that. <clears throat> As I thought about what to share on, I just, um, at, at some point, Daniel, I'd like to I look forward to being able to present what God is doing in Fico among the Tatamata people. Uh, there is a real powerful work that God is doing there in spreading his work among those people, his word and his life among those people. And at some point I'd like to share on that. Um, but it's, you know, God is working in a lot of places, in a lot of hearts. He's going to build his church. He's, he promises that in his word. I will build my church. And the question is, are we going to be a part of that? It'll get done whether you and I are a part of that or not. It's, we're not, 
the question is, can I be a part of that? What part can I play in that? What, what do you want me to do as you build your church? Because it's all about him and his glory and his church, his body for his honor and glory. And it's, the fact is, what, how, what role can I play in that? Can I be a part of that? Find a, find a place where God is working and you'll find the presence of God. It's just real. When, um, when we were asked to go to South Carolina, many of you know about it, so I'll be laboring a lot of that, but uh, Express goes into the South Carolina prisons. They go into Texas and Georgia and Florida um, and present God's love and mercy through song and preaching in multiple prisons in multiple states. And we've been working with them for a number of years, and it's a real blessing to have that opportunity to share God's love, um, you might say, to a captive audience. Uh, some piece just to get out of a cell. I mean, it's an opportunity. I can get out, sign a piece of paper, and I can go to these church services, and it gives me an opportunity to, to mingle with, with others, <clears throat> and I realize it. But I want to express to you what I just said before. God said, I will build my church. And Christ died for sinners. And yes, they've made mistakes. And yes, many of them have, are there for a reason and because of. And I, I, I get all that. But Christ died for them. Christ loves them. God says, I will forgive them if they'll by faith put their sins behind them and trust in my blood and turn their lives over to me. Make me Lord of their life. I will transform their heart by my power and they can bring me glory. Yes, and in the prison system. And I'm here to tell you that God's church is alive in the prison. He said, I will build my church. Just like in Sudan and those little huts and wherever, wherever people are willing to repent and turn their hearts over to God in true faith and repentance, God is there and he will work in their hearts. I would... uh, yeah, I guess I want to say something else about that song. And, and I want to, let me, let me say this. I want to thank, I know many of you prayed for us as we went. The Smoker families was there to mentor in song. And I, I believe that some of you were praying for us as we went. We call that co-laboring together. One plants, another waters, and God gives the increase not about us, it's not about them, it's about Him. But we can co-labor together for His glory. So, so if some go, some stay by the stuff, some praise. But it's all good if God is in it. And the presence of the Lord was real in those places. And God had gone before us in so many ways and prepared hearts and the singing family that we ministered to was such a bless, or ministered with was such a blessing. <clears throat> there was uh, there was one evening they sang, and God was just visiting people's hearts. Spirit of God was there. These prisoners, many of them, the song service had had, had gripped their hearts, and <clears throat> and they sang that song. And I felt prompted just to get up and come up front. And I gave an invitation for those that wanted to experience the power of that blood. 
And four prisoners, without a lot of to do, it was quiet, and I just felt the presence of God in such a way, and I got up and asked, is there people here that God is speaking to your heart, and you'd like to respond to that spirit and receive Christ? Four men got up, walked out of their chairs came down and the workers began to work with them and they repented of their sins and turned their life over to Christ. We continue to sing. <clears throat> the presence of God was there. I'll tell you more as we go through, but where God is is a good place to be. Where God is working in people's hearts is a good place to be. And I know... Um, I, I was here, had the opportunity to be here the other night. We talked a little bit about a name and we talked a little bit about direction of the church and so forth. Real important. But I encourage us as a body to focus on the things that bring him glory and God will come down. Focus on the things that bring him glory and God will be here. And through that, God will give us defined direction. Be about the Father's business. He said, I'm going, but I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you my spirit. And if, if you remember at his ascension, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Teach. Baptize. And look, I am with you. I am with you. And I will be with you. You want to be where the presence of God is? Be about his business. Be about compassion and love and caring for souls. Be about discipleship and encouraging and blessing others along the way and putting your arm around them. You want to be, a, you want to be in the presence of God. Get about what God's about. And that's where you're going to find my presence. I'll be with you. That's a side note, but I felt like God put it on my heart. So turn with me to First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter one. I'm going to read a few verses, and then what I'm going to do, I'm going to go go through a day by day chronological discussion or just talk about the messages and how God moved. And please, I, I think you understand my heart in sharing this. This is update. But this is about what God is doing, not, we just, we just had the opportunity to be there. That's all. It was, it was his glory, it was his spirit, drawing people to himself. He's the one that gave his word and, and drew people to himself and birthed people into his kingdom and transformed people's lives and, and is still working in their hearts yet today. We just had the opportunity to be present when this was going on. So please understand that. But I want to I want to point out these scriptures the other morning as I was as I was reading these scriptures really really stuck out to me, and I felt like opening with this. Second Corinthians, of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies 
and the God of, can we say it together, all comfort. As we read on down through here, I want us to say together, when it says all, say all. I love the word of God. At a time when we're in distress and in need, we can go to God's word and his spirit brings life. And, and those words have a way of coming off the page and into our hearts by his spirit. And he says, I'm the God of all comfort, all comfort. Who comfort us in church all our tribulation, that we may be able to which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I would encourage you to just contemplate that scripture. Take that scripture. And contemplate that. The God of all comfort comforts you and comforts me that I may be able to comfort him through that same grace and through that same power. Because God has worked in my heart, I can share that and God can comfort him. So what? So he can give God glory and then he can comfort him. And, and love begot love and grace. And it's, it's God working out his life in me that allows me to share that with others. You know, are we all called to be an evangelist? That's a gift. It's God's gift. But we all to serve. We're all called to love. We're all called to share. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given the word of, mini- of reconciliation. You've been given that. The question is, what are you doing with it? What am I doing with it? That's the challenge. God has begot his love in my heart. And he has comforted me by his spirit. For what purpose? For me, yes, but it's much deeper. It's much deeper than, it's not just about me and God. It's about God ministering to my needs that I can minister to somebody else because of him, not me. But I can then share that grace and comfort with others that they might be able to connect with that living God. And by them connecting with the living God, then they can turn around and share that with somebody else. Share that same grace and comfort and presence of God. And then they can share it with somebody else. That's the way God builds his church. That's how that happens. Love with shoes on. Love with shoes on. For as the sufferings, and Paul's talking about... um, I believe his persecution, his trials, his imprisonment, I think he's particularly talking about that. But you know, suffering comes a lot of different ways, doesn't it? We, we've seen that about these incidents. How many of them died for their faith? 
I'm not sure believe some of them. Maybe that's what started a lot of it. Maybe it was a religious uprising and many of them died for their faith. But many of those died without faith, I would dare say. But they suffered. And they're suffering yet today. Suffering is reality because of sin. People are hurting. People are suffering. There's people suffering among us today. There's hurting people among us today. Have you found consolation and comfort by the God of all comfort? If you found that, then you have the ability to share that same comfort with others who are going through trials and tribulations. <clears throat> Verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our conversation, consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you also. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also, verse 11, ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. And I read that the other morning and I thought, I want to thank those of you that prayed. That partook of the ministry through prayer. Um, you, you, your reward, may God bless you richly here and in heaven your part in the ministry of the reconciliation of, of lost souls for his kingdom's sake and for his glory. I want to tell you that as we went this week, like I said, just a little bit of history, they uh, group, they, they select an evangelist and a singing group, they put you two together, and then you go in for orientation on Sunday and then Monday, uh, there, there's uh, volunteers that go into the prison system all day long, most of the day, and activities. They, do, they play ball. They do different things with the prisoners to interact and make them aware of, of their presence, to share God's love, to pray with them and encourage them. So they're all day there working with the prisoners. And in the evening we have uh, typically an evangelistic service where the prisoners sign a sheet, they come out, they're in a, a, an area collectively, and there's a singing team and then an evangelist that shares the word. That's a typical, um, typical setting with Gospel Express and how they function with their ministry. Um, so the singing group and evangelist work together, and then they visit different prison, prisons each night. The volunteers are in the same prison each day for four days, but then the ministry team is in different prisons each night, but yet those two minister together. So, <clears throat> so 
With that said, you know, there's the apprehension of singing, somebody singing, you know, they don't know me and I don't know them. And so we're learning each other and how to, how to minister and labor together. <clears throat> but God is good. Coupled us with a group, a family that had gone through tremendous sufferings. Three years ago, this man was probably 40 years old, 35, 40 years old, maybe 40 years old. And uh, three years ago, this man had a massive stroke. Massive stroke, totally paralyzed on one side, uh, blood clotting disorder, which caused that. And they didn't think he was going to live. They said he would never walk. Um, but God, but God, through prayer, through therapy, through uh, medicines and so forth, God touched this man. And today they go about and sing and share the word of God through ministry. And they give God the glory for allowing them to walk through that time of suffering. They said during that time, and the wife testified and the children testified, that those sufferings were so great, the uncertainty was so real, they, had, they, they didn't know how they were going to make it. They said there was times when they cried out and it seemed like their, their prayers hit the ceiling. Where is God in the midst of our future? This is our dad. This is our husband. This is, this is our family. This is our life. And where is God? And all, this thing, all these things are going on and we're suffering. And, you know, this went on and on and on. <clears throat> and they said one thing that they found that could bring them together because each of the children had emotions and feelings and the mom and the dad and each one of them, you know, had their own set of challenges to work through with, with the uncertainty of how things are. <clears throat> but they said they, one thing they had in common that they could come together and sing as a family. And there were songs written. The oldest boy actually wrote songs during that time. <clears throat> and... What a ministry was birthed out of suffering, out of sufferings. Did we not just hear that same story about the lost boys? What is God doing now through this ministry of suffering? What is God going to do in your life and my life? Through the suffering that we face. I know God wants to do something good. The enemy wants to use it to destroy us. The enemy wants to whisper, where is your God? Why? How come then? But through those sufferings, and it may be, you may have a challenge to walk through that and your faith may be weak. And you may have to call upon God to carry you at times through those sufferings. I understand that. But I'm here to tell you that God will carry you. That God is faithful. That God will be the God of all grace and the God of all comfort. Because that's who He is and what He does. <clears throat> and I encourage us to take and place our faith in the promises of God's Word. God's word is unfailing. Reach out. Let us reach out in our time of suffering. <clears throat> the word of God says all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the calling, called according to his purpose. 
And I understand sometimes we wonder, how is this going to work for good? How is that okay and be, be for God's glory? How is this going to work that way? Yours is not to answer, mine is not to answer that, but to trust. To trust and believe and say, God, I will choose to trust you because you said that. And, and even love, sometimes, do we always, always feel like we're loved by God? How many of you just, I mean, ever since you've been born again, your life has been such a journey that every day you wake up and just feel loved of God and it's, it's glorious. I don't see any hands. Raise your hand if that's been your experience. Every day of your experience, I don't see any hands. Well, then how do you know God loves you when the pressure's on? How do you know? Thank you. Because he says so. Can you trust that? Can I trust that? I've found it to be a real uh, blessing. I don't feel loved and I don't understand to simply acknowledge verbally to God, I trust you. I know that you believe me, that you love me. And you care about me. I choose to believe that. No matter what the enemy says. No matter what I feel like. No matter where this valley is going to take me. I choose to believe you. And I will trust you. By your grace and by your power. I will do that. And walk. Take one day at a time and walk out that. Keep pressing in. Don't let up. So anyway... Um, let's let's talk about the week. <clears throat> Monday, first night in prison, um, I felt like God had given me an outline. I, I preached about a changed man, a changed man. One of the things I learned, uh, I am learning, is that when you go in that setting, what you have is a lot of men who understand their setting. And they understand their circumstances, and they've shared their stories with each other. And a lot of them are the same. They come from broken homes. They come from uh, unbelievable, ungodly conditions. They have made mistakes. They have sinned. They have failed. And society has written them off. They have been told that they are worthless. They have been told that, that, that nobody loves them. They've been shown that. They've been rejected. They're hurt out of society and locked up. And, and they've been told this all their life. And then they are a whole bunch of people who believe the same thing. And then when we come in, they look at us like, okay, there's people from the other side of the tracks who must be loved. I mean, they came from godly families where everybody loved each other. And look at their children and why? My goodness. Lift them up on a platform that must be nice, but that's not who we are. Let them minister to us because let's lift them up. They, that's us and them, us and them. And a lot of the people that you have the opportunity to minister to, 
are just the same. They're not locked up. A lot of the people who you rub shoulders with have the same feelings. They look at you. They look at your life. They look at how things are for you. And immediately they say, you don't understand. It's okay. understand what I have to walk through. You don't understand my circumstances or what I've got to deal with. You don't understand. And somehow or another, the best thing we can do is break down that barrier and get ourselves off of that platform and begin to love them and get alongside of them and share our story. Your life has, you've made a lot of mistakes. You've been through a lot of pain. And that pain is not in vain if you let God use it for his glory. If you allow God to use your story to break down that barrier, let God minister through you and his healing that's taken place in your heart, allow God to use that to minister to somebody else. That's what he wants to do. So making yourself vulnerable and sharing your story allows that difference to be made, you know, get, get that out of the way right off the bat. The quickest thing you can do is, in ministering is not elevate yourself. Just get down on their level and let them know that I've faced trials too. Share some of your story. So we were able to do that this week and it seemed to be a blessing. So I talked about a changed man Monday night. I used the illustration of Peter, the the life of Peter. Just a common man, a fisherman, fishing with some buddies, making a living, providing for his family. Nothing special about Peter. But how that God, he had an encounter with God one day in the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and said, Peter, will you come follow me? The invitation was given to Peter, will you come follow me? Peter had to make a choice. You have that choice today. It's your choice. Peter was just a common man. And then we talked a little bit about the life of Peter and how Peter made mistakes and how Peter had had the anointing of God in his life and then end up denying the Lord. Times and then end up denying the Lord. Peter walked on the water, but Peter also sank. We just talked about how Peter walked out his faith and what happened with Peter and how that Peter... After denying the Lord, you know, we, we would think that God would say, I'm done with that. I told him he would. I told him, you know, he's done. He's washed up. It's, we're done. But Peter wept bitterly in repentance. And then God said, you know what, Peter, I'm not done with you. I just wanted to use that to break your life, to show you really who you are. But now I can give you my spirit. I can anoint you and you can preach the gospel and thousands of souls will be one to my kingdom because of that. Let that have its place in your life, Peter. Let that brokenness and undoneness have its place in your life. And let me anoint you with my spirit. And now you can help build my kingdom the way that I want you to. Let that work. So that was Peter. And then we talked about Paul, a religious man. Paul was religious. I dare say that we're not in the prison system, but maybe more so today. We're talking to some religious people. You would see yourself as different from the prisoners, different from society. 
because of your upbringing, because of uh, your posterity or who you are, your family name or your lineage or maybe your church affiliation or whatever. So you would put yourself more, maybe you would fit more in that religious category. And, And Paul thought he was doing God's service. He really did. He thought he was going about doing God's service. But one day he had an encounter with God on that road to Damascus where God broke him down and said, Paul, Paul, you're going against me. You're not for me. You think you're for me, but you're not. You're going against me. Isn't it hard the way you're going? Won't you turn around? The religious thing isn't working for you, Paul. Won't you come follow me? And the difference Paul made, writing 13 books of the New Testament, living a life for the glory and honor of God. We talked about Paul being the change. Another fellow named Joe. So we're going to roll the history forward. And I told him about this boy that was born on a farm and, and lived in the home of an alcoholic and abusive father and a broken marriage and all of the things and how Joe got involved with drugs and alcohol and just spent institutionalized at age 14 and, you know, just a wrecked life. And boy, many of them just kind of like, wow, really? And then I told them, one day Joe heard that voice. And that same voice that spoke to Peter and that same voice that spoke to Paul said, Joe, will you come follow me? And how Joe had to make a decision. And I said, no decision on your part today is a decision. If you say no to Christ, Christ is saying to you, come follow me. And you're saying, not today. That is a decision, by the way. King Agrippa made a decision, not today. Maybe another day. Maybe when it's more convenient. Maybe another day. Not today. That is a decision, by the way. You will make a decision today, and that decision is yes or no. But I told him how that Joe made a decision and said, yes, I will follow him, and how that God redeemed his life and changed his life. And then I talked about another man, the man Christ Jesus, the God-man, and that his life was changed, how that he laid down his glory among men and suffered and bled and died. He was a changed man too, but in the opposite direction and why he came, that he was willing to give his life that we could have life. We opened the invitation and <clears throat> the altar was full and people, people gave their heart to Christ. People repented of their sins <clears throat> and wanted to be endued with power to live a victorious Christian life. That was Monday. Tuesday, Tuesday, I had high expectations of my wife being able, she was, by the grace of God, she was able to go with us down to South Carolina. I had told her, I had given up going this year because of her health and things going on in our life. I had given it up. I had sent in my application early, but as things got closer and closer and the dynamics of her health changed and things were, you know, the way they were. Um, and her first comment was, you go, I'll be fine. I said, absolutely not. Not going to do that. 
I'm, I'm not okay with laying it down. I'm okay with laying it down. We don't have to go. <clears throat> I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. I'd already the coordinator and said, you know, it's day by day, but at this point it doesn't look like we're going to be able to go. He said, no problem. My wife said, I think we should go. I think we should go. After said, I'll go, um, you go, and, and, and we settled that pretty quick. I said, no, not hardly. And she said, I think we should go. So we went together by the grace of God, and I had anticipation of her going with me into the prison Tuesday night. She wasn't physically able to go. She was exhausted and needed to rest. So I went into the prison Tuesday night, and I shared this message, a trophy of God's grace, a trophy of God's grace, and I used my wife. I was hoping that she would have been there that night, <clears throat> but I talked about the grace of God working in this little hippie girl's life and how that she had come from a, a broken home and how that God had transformed her life was born of the Spirit of God and her life changed. And how that she became and is a mother of five and a grandmother of 14. And I shared about her sufferings, her journey, her cancer. <clears throat> the men knew that this was my wife. I shared that with them and told them that, that I would have desired for her to have been, been there that night. <clears throat> and she wasn't able to. But I said, I can assure you one thing. My wife is in the motel praying for us here tonight. I shared that story. And I, read, I shared this little writing that I sent uh, probably a year and a half, two years ago. My wife decided to go with her family on a camping trip. Understand, her family is not Christians. It wasn't a church camping trip, okay? Um, but, you know... They were family members, and my wife wanted to go, and so I blessed her to go. I took her down there that day, took her down actually the night before, and she spent the night. Next morning, I got up and was praying for her, and I knew it was my wife's heart to be a testimony to her family. I knew that we prayed about that, that she wanted to be a testimony for them to see God in her. So one of her cousins, I felt inspired the next morning to write this down. And I, and, I, and, I, and I took a picture of it and sent it to her cousin. And I said, when y'all were sitting around having breakfast this morning, I want you to read this. <clears throat> to Patty's family and friends, good morning. I wanted you to know that you are looking, if you are looking at my wife's face, you are looking at a trophy of God's grace. I know I've lived with her for 38 years, now 39. I have watched God transform her from a reckless hippie girl to a godly wife, mother of five and a grandmother of 13. I have watched her endure pain and hardships and her faith not waver. She is the fabric that holds our family together, tightly together. She is blessed and put up with me. She is faithful, loving, kind, generous, and willing to forgive in a moment's notice. She loves the Lord with all of her heart. Perfect no, forgiven yes. Again, a trophy of God's amazing grace. God bless each of you.
And I read that to those prisoners. And I shared a little bit of our journey. My wife, um, my wife's cousin read that to them sitting around that campfire that morning. And I talked about how God wants our sufferings and our trials a trophy of grace. Those things can't be wasted. The intent is not to just suffer. The purpose in that is not to just suffer. It has a much greater purpose. God wants to receive glory out of it. God wants to pour His grace out in that situation and receive glory out of it. We shared that Opened up, opened up the altar. There was nine souls that responded to receive Christ as Lord, to be born of God's Spirit. And then there was, the room was full. There wasn't enough, enough room to open up the altar for people wanting to repent. We had collected for those wanting to repent and become that trophy of God's grace. God's power, God's presence was so real. And you played a part in that in praying. That was Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday was a unique day. I wasn't sure how Wednesday was going to go. I was convinced that God had a message, but I didn't know what it was. Those of you that have shared, you know, you fall back, you go through old notes, you pray, you read. God, is there anything in my life that would hinder you from working in my heart? I don't want anything to stand in the way. I best, I need you. Silence. <laughs> that's an un, that's a challenging that's a challenging time. God speak. Do you want to do something else? Should there be somebody else preaching? What should happen here tonight? God said, go. I'll give the message. Okay. We got up. <clears throat> we got, I'll, I'll tell you how it went. The, sing, the singing team came to me, and uh, the brother said, we got an hour. We got two hours here. So how do you want to break the time up? Do you want us to sing first? Do you want, you want to preach how much time do you need for your message? You know, just asking these questions. And I told him, I said, I don't have a message. Just sing. And we'll see what God does. Just sing. And he said, God comes. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have a message. And we'll just see how this goes. And they began to sing about 30 minutes into it. <clears throat> I stood up. And God was there. And people responded to the presence of God. People came forward and gave their life to Christ through the, through the song service. I sat back down. They began to sing some more, and God said, now's the time. And I shared a story of, of my life that I'd never shared before. <clears throat> and I don't mind sharing. Some of that involved the church here and what all went on back years ago. Beauty for Ashes was the story. Beauty for Ashes, quote out of Isaiah. Beauty for Ashes was the story. 
And I, I, just, I shared it from my experience and what God did in my heart through that whole time in brokenness. And how that God, broken relationships, and what God can do in broken relationships and give beauty for ashes. I shared that, opened up the altar. People were no clue. As I was going through the message, tears were flowing down men's, <coughs> men's faces. We opened up the invitation and people just flooded. Broken relationships, beauty for ashes. Many came to me afterwards and shared, you have no clue. You have no clue. The message you shared tonight was so spot on with what God is doing in my heart or what God has done in my heart and how that God has given me the victory. And many of them were just broken and said, I'm in the middle of ashes. Will you pray for me? And I looked up and there was just a line of people responding to God's Spirit. I want to say that to say God is faithful. I was just a vessel. I was, I didn't, I was just there. Please accept that. I just had the opportunity to be where God was at the right time. It's not about me. It was about Him and what He wanted to do in people's heart. Beauty for ashes. Let me back up to Tuesday night. Um, Tuesday night, my wife's story. At the end of that service, one of the fellows, one of the prisoners, they called him Pastor. He stood, he, he stood up and he said, before we close the service, he said, a lot of us would like to come up and pray for you and your wife, if that's okay. Sure. I stood there, whole sea of people. I looked up and there was men all over the place praying and crying out to God. For me and my wife. I told my wife this week I was still humbled by that. I said, do you realize the hundreds of people that were praying for us week before last? Do you realize how powerful the body of Christ is? How do you walk through the journey of life and not have How do you go through the struggles and the things you face and not have the blessing of the body of Christ just to be around? And then Thursday, we preached on grace. Grace. Some things that grace is and some things that grace isn't. Grace is a teacher. Grace is is our entrance to the kingdom of God. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. Grace is an entrance to the kingdom of God. Grace is a teacher. For the grace of God hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. Grace is a teacher. Grace is the power To overcome sin. Grace is power to overcome sin. And then us to sin. Shall we continue in grace that uh, in sin that grace may abound? Abound, God God forbid. It is not a license to sin. 
And we gave the invitation and people responded by his presence and his power. Lives were changed. So that's an update of what happened in our week. Thank you for praying. God is good. And I want to encourage the church here. Get. You want to see the church grow? You want to see lives changed? You want to see the the glory of God? Be about his business. Be about. And he said, I'm with you. That's where you're going to find me. You be about what I ask you to do, and you're going to find me right there with you. That's a promise. It's just a fact. That's where he's going to be. And let me mention this, church. You want people to come. You want to see the presence of God. Build a fire. And they'll come. That thought hit me this week as I was praying. Build a fire. Let the fire of God come down. And they'll come. They'll come. I guarantee you. People are always drawn where God is at. When Christ was here, his ministry drew people. When his disciples had the anointing of God, people came because there was fire. Let let the fire come and God, people will come. That's not a question.